0: Corinne Heggie joins us now from Heggie Walkner Law Firm. Corinne, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, John. It's great to see you. Thanks for having us.
0: Uh, It is always a pleasure. And uh, John's doing well?
1: John's great. He's
0: great. They're a husband and wife team, which I always love. Makes me trust you guys more. I don't know why that is. It's because you work together on problems. And if you're able to solve our problems together, I feel like that's a good thing.
1: You're here to that, John. (laughs) 312-981-7200.
0: 312-981-7200. I'm going to put the phone number out there right now because we get a lot of texts and calls when you come on the program about all things estate planning. And I just want to start here because anytime people hear the word estate planning, estate makes it seem like that's something for rich people to do in a state. Something, oh, I must have a large estate to do estate planning. Estates are a lot more than just a large plot of land, right?
1: Oh, exactly, John. Estate planning isn't for just super wealthy or high net worth individuals. In fact, I want to flip the script on that. Everyone owns property, probably have a car, probably have a bank account. You might have a 401k or an IRA or some sort of account you're using for retirement. So it's really not about how much you have. It's it's about what you have and making sure you take the steps to make sure it goes where you want it to go. When you can no longer enjoy it,
0: I think a lot of people think. Well, I I marked beneficiaries on those things. I told them where it's going to go, and boy, that's a great start. That people are thinking to them, that should be a a no brainer done on the app for your whatever it is that you have. But it's just a start.
1: Exactly. I I love to hear when talking with clients or potential clients that they've said, "Hey, Corinne, I've named beneficiaries on this this account." Or for this um, IRA or this 401k and kudos for that. Um, But beneficiaries are something you need to keep your eye on the ball with regard. Why do I say that? Because you've got to keep track of your beneficiaries because just as your life changes, so does the life of your beneficiary. So if your beneficiary is someone you no longer want to receive something from you, If your beneficiary is no longer able to receive something from you because he or she is no longer living, he or she might have now faced an incapacity, you've got to keep your eye on the ball there.
0: Mm -hmm. And are listing beneficiaries on those accounts the end-all be-all, or does it work in conjunction with a will or a trust? Can you name... Does it get confusing if you, you name beneficiaries in a trust Then there's a surprise person on one of these apps? I mean, there's a lot of questions I just asked all at once, but I guess it's a matter of talk to you guys and you'll walk people through it, right?
1: Exactly. You, you have identified a lot of the intersections that come with naming beneficiaries and if you do or don't have an estate plan and whether your estate plan includes a will, a will and a trust. So we can certainly help you, but you must keep those lanes um, parallel and aligned with each other. Mm -hmm. And this this can get really complicated,
0: right? I think people, one of the reasons why people maybe don't do this is because it seems so complicated on the front end, or it seems like it's going to be so much work. Uh, But what you guys are able to do is ask questions have uh, kind of conversations with people about what they have and where they want it to go, and then you guys kind of go back to your lair and work some magic and help them out, right? I mean, it it can be a lot more straightforward than I think people realize.
1: I I couldn't agree with you more, John. And the discussion really starts with being able to answer three questions. And those three questions are, what do you own? Mm -hmm. What property do you own? How do you own it? So that question is, do you own it jointly? Do you own it in your own name? Are you a, you know, Do you own it jointly with three people, one people? Is it a custodial account if you've got minor children or grandchildren? So the third question is, who do you want to receive it when you're no longer able to enjoy it? So mm-hmm. three questions. What property do I own? How do I own it? And who do I want to receive it when I can no longer enjoy it? And those are the
0: three questions people should be prepared to at least chat with you guys about and what you do. we got to take a quick break before we start answering some questions. law.com, That's H-E-G-G-I-E law.com. You want them to call 847-272-7360? I do, John. 847-272-7360. That's for Corinne and John at Heggie Walkner Law Firm. Our phone number is 312-981-7200. Any question you have about estate planning, what's going to happen, something complicated, we may not get you the perfect answer, but we'll at least start digging into it and help a lot of other people out in the process. You're not alone if you're confused about some of this. It can be a basic question, something that's happened to you or that you've heard of happening. 312-981-7200. More with Corinne Hagee after this on WGN. WGN, it's Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. 312-981-7200. The phone lines are open if you've got a estate planning question. I imagine everyone's got one, Corinne, right? <laughs> they got it. I mean, they have to. We're all curious about something. So here's an interesting one from the 630. I have things. Everything that I can, I put uh, a beneficiary to, or anything I can put a beneficiary to, is done to a charity. Don't have kids, don't have much family that I really want to leave things to. Can I just make a will, have a few little things left to them, or do I still need a trust?
1: Well, that's a great question. So thanks for asking it, 630. Um, I'm so happy you've named beneficiaries. Kudos to you. A will can be really powerful for you. And in terms of a trust, this is just what I want you to consider or think about. The trust might be an avenue for you to also benefit charities and have a private and seamless transfer of wealth. But I'm really energized by the fact that you've named beneficiaries. And I think if you don't have a will... You're thinking about signing one.
0: yeah. So a will would, you could write everything, I want everything to go to, or a little bit to these people that are still family and the rest of it to this charity. What would be the potential downside of that? Why, what would need to upgrade to a trust? Would it still go through probate as a will, most likely first? And that's one of the issues?
1: Um, the thing I raise a trust for consideration because you might gain other property and you might want to to be more intentional about your beneficiaries and and a will helps with property you own in your own name and if you have charitable inclinations sometimes a trust is a way you can be a little bit more specific okay with regard to your wishes
0: in one of these situations where someone is on the fence about it i'm sure just giving you guys a call and chatting through it is a great way to start right and you're not going to push people into things that they don't need right if if a will is what they get and that, that that's great you'll you'll help them out with that too
1: Oh, exactly. Don't hesitate to give us a call, and we never, ever do anything other than pe- meet people where they are.
0: Right, 847-272-7360. All right, give them a call on Monday. Let's go to the phone lines, and let's go to Gary. Gary, good afternoon. You're on WGN. How you doing, my friend? Hi. Uh, you got a question for Corinne?
2: Yes, we have our IRAs, CDs, every bit of money that we have in our trust. Mm-hmm. We also have our property that we own outright—the uh, deed or whatever you want to call it—is also in our trust. So when we get ready to either go into a nursing home, or, yeah, go into a nursing home, or if we pass away, we don't want anything to be given to the government if we have to go into a nursing home and we don't have to pay any taxes on those things because everything is already put out who is the will not not will but our trust goes to this person she's in charge but then there's no way of finding out who really is in charge because the person we told it who to knows who's in charge of so, our
0: trust. are you asking, is the government going to get their hands on anything you've done, or right. are, are, are you all set? What do you think, Corinne, about keeping money away in terms of taxes and such as a trust help uh, make that process a little more seamless? I guess you could say
1: a, a trust can definitely help make that process more seamless, John and and Gary. Um, you just need to. Um, be mindful of the language that's in the guts, for lack of a better word, or the words of your trust. And I'm sure they cover you and make sure that your money gets to who you want the money to go to. Um, and taxes are something you are mindful of, and I'm glad you are. Um, gifts aren't taxed in Illinois. Um, but to go deeper into any kind of tax planning mm-hmm. or consequences, I would love for you, Gary, to speak to your CPA or or tax I advisor. Yeah,
0: right, exactly. Gary, run it make sure make sure you talk to your tax person about that specific stuff. But it seems like Gary's got a plan and it's all set, right?
1: Yeah. I mean
0: Good job, Gary. Gary,
1: kudos to you. I guess kudos is my word today, John. Yeah, there
0: you go. Nice job, Gary. Great, thank you. All right. You so you don't want to give the government a bunch of money, huh? Oh, you tongue up. <laughs> I think I could uh, answer that question. Uh, Question from the 630. Boy, the 630 is chiming in today. I have amended my trust once. Do my heirs see all the versions of the trust, or do they just see the most recent one? What a great
1: question. I do like that question. Thanks for asking it in the 630. So the beneficiaries of your trust, I want to be mindful of heirs versus beneficiaries. Now, listen, your heirs might... Heirs are your children, you know, your spouse, a child, a grandchild. They also might be your beneficiaries, the people who are identified in your trust or your will or both to receive your wealth when you're no longer living. With respect to a trust, the beneficiaries will be able to see the versions of the trust to tell the story of how your wishes and goals with your estate plan changed.
0: Hmm. So they can see like version one, version two. Is that like a, almost like a chain, I don't want to say chain of custody thing, but it's almost to show why changes were made, or not why, but that changes were made, there's a paper trail for it, just in case there's any legal challenges to it. Is that why all the versions are in there?
1: There's a lot of reasons why, if you take a look at the notes in the Illinois Trust Code, which if you got some time Mm -hmm. to kill, you could break (laughs) that open. Um, but it's required under the law in Illinois. Um, and I think there's a a lot of reasons why, not the least of which is to tell the story so that people can see the evolution. and, you know, if there were a legal challenge, and that happens, but it's in very unique circumstances. stances, and the percentages of that are very low so for the
0: for the most part, it seems if you've amended your trust, someone will see that amendment going in the original version and the newer version
1: right and that someone is the beneficiaries of the trust
0: okay all right steve ruxton i know you have a question my friend in the newsroom i uh, do corinne how are you
1: steve i'm great good afternoon
2: good afternoon i have a question my wife and i had an attorney draw up a trust probably about five years ago and the attorney and uh, both of us got to talking and he said the biggest problem that he faces is he'll draw up a trust for an individual or a couple, and they don't fund the trust. They don't put their assets into the trust. And that shocked me because, you know, it's not inexpensive to have a trust done. If you're going to go to that trouble, why wouldn't you fund it? That's a good point.
0: What do you
1: think, Corinne? Steve, that's a great question. So I, I agree with you. And I think what happens, Steve, is that People take the time and take that first step to sign an estate plan that may or may not include a trust, and that is a huge undertaking.
2: And then they're weary and don't do the rest. Right? Exactly,
1: Steve. And so I want anyone out there listening who's got a trust, who's done an estate plan with a trust, or even if you have a will and you're like you're thinking to yourself, "Gee, did I name beneficiaries?" Go check. And I'm here to tell you, listeners. Those of you who have a trust, if you're still getting, you know, brokerage account, taxable accounts, brokerage statements, savings account statements, or your real estate tax bill for property you own in your own name or jointly, spoiler alert, you didn't fund your trust. Oops.
0: Yeah. And you want to put everything in the trust. I mean, you have it. That's what it's there for.
1: Right. I I want everyone to think about the trust like a box. Okay, Okay. so a box is not terribly legal, so stay with me here. Okay. <laughs> you've signed your trust, you've built your box. Huge first step. Then you must take that second step to fill your box with your property, with your assets.
0: Okay, it's important stuff. Uh, 312-981-7200 for any questions. 215 wants to know, do I need to register a will with anyone? I guess what they're asking is if I just write it down somewhere, maybe I get a note. What is the process for that? Who do you got to file that with?
1: So that's a great question. In Illinois, once you sign a will, it's really important for you to keep your original, keep it in a safe place. And when you die under Illinois law, the will has to be recorded in the county in which you resided within 30 days after your death. Mm-hmm. So it'll, that's something that is the charge or the duty or the responsibility of your executor. Okay. A will, though, doesn't have to be re- registered anywhere else while you're living.
0: Okay. Is it, so there's no like, a like portal you upload it to and then the government has an idea, it has like a simple idea about that. No. I've been hearing people saying that they might want to do that. I don't know if you've heard of that, that there's been a push in Illinois to do that a little of something like that.
1: Yeah, I've, I've heard, I've read some, I've read in the news about, about that kind of discussion or thought, but right now, that's not the case. Just keep your will in a safe place. If you make changes to your will, keep those in a safe place, and then you don't have to do anything with it. Well, you don't have to do anything with it, really. Your executor's duty, at least right now as the law stands in Illinois, will be to record it. But you um, should tell someone where it is, right? Oh, yes. I mean, <laughs> I step one, day I day suppose, day. is. Yes. Thank you, John. Thank you, John John Hanson. Um Yeah, you have to let it's a really great idea to let your executor know,
0: like it's where your safe. documents yes, are. Exactly. It's,
1: it's either in the safe deposit box, it's in my fireproof box in my office, Something. in my house, somewhere. So it's not a. A treasure hunt right. when you're no longer living. It'd be a
0: great movie, but let's not make it reality. Uh, we got to get up to the news here. I'm going to tease this question ahead. We're going to a bunch of phone calls. Keep on calling, 312 981 If I have no trust, no will, I'm a widow, my house is paid off. If I pass away and have no kids, can my in-laws go after my house? Hmm. We'll dig into that with Corinne. She's got a quizzical look on her face. We'll find out the answer to that in just a little bit. But it is approaching 2.30, which means it's time for the news. To the well-trusted, in many ways, Steve Ruxton on WGN. My name is John Hanson. Corinne Heggie across the way from Heggie Walkner Law Firm. And I'm so glad we got this question because it kind of went over my head too. The 309 wants to know, can you explain a little further what it means to continue to fund a trust? My husband and I have a trust. The attorney didn't mention keep funding it. And when Steve brought that up in, in the newsroom, it was a great question because Steve knows a lot about this because, you know, but it, it's not like your, your your trust has like a bank account. You're putting money into it right now. What do you mean by funding a trust?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. And I'd love to kind of deep Take a deeper dive on it. So by funding your trust, I mean putting your property into the name of your trust. It does not mean you have to write checks out of your trust. It means if I might use a, an example. So you signed a trust, that's wonderful. So you might think to yourself, okay, we have a, I have a savings account, or we have a savings account, or we have a taxable account, a brokerage account. You're going to go to the custodian, and by custodian, I mean the bank, E-Trade, Fidelity, Mm -hmm. Charles Schwab, and you're going to change the way you own that account from spouse one, spouse two jointly.
0: To the trust.
1: To spouse one, spouse two, trustees of the spouse trust. Okay. (laughs) And there'll be a form. So I don't want to mislead you and say there's going to be a little bit of work Mm -hmm. to do on your end. But the reward is huge. Why? Because you've taken that account, funded your trust, or put it in the name of the trust, and there it sits until you take it out. Mm -hmm. If you take it out. If you take it out.
0: Right. Okay. But things like an IRA, where you are receiving tax benefits on that, and it's in your name, that doesn't necessarily go into the trust.
1: Not necessarily. The name of the game with IRAs, 401ks, are to name beneficiaries.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. I I know this might be complex to people, and it is to me, (laughs) so you're not alone. Uh, Corinne, if she has the time individually to explain it to each of you, she will, and she'll do a great job of it. John will, too. 847-272-7360 is the best way to do it. Can't answer every single question here in a two-hour radio show, but we're doing our best here. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Chris. Chris is on line four. Chris, uh, how are you doing today?
3: I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for asking. Of course, what's your question? My question is, I don't, I have a trust, but I don't remember after I paid off my home, if I put, uh, you know, there was something I'm remembering, uh, something my lawyer had to do with a little sticker or something uh, with the deed, and I don't know if I put it into the trust. Is there a way I can find out?
1: Yeah. Hi, Carol. Thanks for the question. It's Chris. It's okay. Or Chris. Thanks for the question. Sorry. I'm You know. I'm a Corinne. You're a Chris. All the Ks. <laughs> um, so what you're going to do is you're going to get a copy of your deed. And here's how you can do that. One, you may be able to go back to the lawyer who assisted you and he or she will be able to get you probably a digital copy of the deed that was recorded. And if that's not a viable option for you, the county recorder where you live, because you're the property owner, right. can provide you a copy of the deed so you can check. And where you're going to check when you get your hands on the deed is going to be in that first paragraph. Okay, and I think
3: I have the deed in my safety deposit box.
1: I bet you do. Yeah. Yeah. So take, um, you'd recommend them sure. taking a look, right? Right. I, I think. It, go ahead. I, I would. I would let's get rid of the curiosity and, and break open that safe deposit box and put your eyeballs on the deed.
3: Okay, I'll do that. And when you mentioned funding uh, the um, the trust, I guess I did do that in the beginning because any stock I owned it was everything. I had to change everything uh, to the trust uh, for both me and my husband.
1: I, that sounds exactly like funding. So kudos right. to you for so doing that.
3: I, I did fund it, and my ch- uh, my checking is in there, and my savings, I believe, nice. also, and CDs or whatever good, I have.
0: Good job, Chris.
3: A plus, Chris. I- it was a lot of work. I had to send letters to everybody.
0: Yeah, right, exactly, good. exactly. Uh, but here's the thing, though, is, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it seems like, this was all done really well. I wouldn't be surprised if the deed already says it's in the trust name, but why not check? And I think you're going to... I
3: am going to check. The only thing I have against this uh, trust at all, it was such a big binder I was given by the attorney. <laughs>
0: uh, you didn't want it and... to be so big? Oh, it was just big. I couldn't carry it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Chris. Well, you know, you got a lot of stuff. That's a good thing.
3: No, I'm not. I'm just a peon. I don't have that much, but what little I have, I want to treasure
0: it.
1: Yeah, Amen to that. That's well put. That is well put. Thank you for that. Thanks, Chris.
0: We appreciate it. Thank you so
3: much. I appreciate your help. Thank you both.
0: Yeah, have a great day, Chris. Have a great
1: weekend. You do the same. Thank
0: you. That's very sweet. A plus to her. Let's go to Kate in Arlington Heights. Kate, uh, you got a little bit of a a complex question, don't you?
4: Well, yeah, I think I do, at least for me, probably not for uh, your guests. But, um, and thanks for taking the call. Don't worry. It's com- uh, it's my... complex for me, too,
0: Kate. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. We're in this together. I,
4: pre- I appreciate it. Um, my son is an adult with a disability. He lived with his dad, who is was a military vet and had a very substantial income, being 100% disabled and had Social Security. His dad passed away suddenly a year ago. Mm. And uh, we're left with all kinds of undone situations. He's an only child. Uh, there was no will. Uh, we have a mortgage company we're trying to deal with, the title to the car. We were able to um, get the uh, checking account and savings account closed via a, a small estate affidavit. Would that be the vehicle to use for all these other things? It's now There's no probate because it's... Under the minimum, um, so uh, we're just kind of looking for an avenue
1: to, uh, to get some of these things accomplished.
0: Great question, Kate. Corinne, what do you think?
1: Yeah so Kate, I I'm, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. It takes courage. Um, thank you. A small state affidavit is a really useful tool. Um, whether that will be helpful to you with these other items, is going to depend on the nature of those items, the value of those items. Um, I do know, Kate, with respect to the vehicle, I think you mentioned a car or vehicle. Yes. Um, You can, there is a small estate affidavit that is on the Secretary of State's website that can help you with the title to that vehicle if if there is no... um, I guess lean on it, and by lean, I mean um, the young man's father owned it mm-hmm. in his yeah. outright in his own name. Okay. Okay, so the secretary
4: is that a different uh, small estate affidavit than the one that was used to, you know, close a checking account at Chase Bank?
1: Yes.
0: It's a different one. It's a specific one for a vehicle.
1: Yes, ma'am. And you can find it on the Illinois uh, Secretary of State's website. I know we have a new Secretary of State now, but I don't see any reason why uh, Mr. Giannullis would have taken down or
0: changed that or changed that. Um, Kate, okay. um, I'm sure you have maybe have some follow-up questions as well. And uh, if you do, I, I wanted to give out the number, too, because someone just texted. They said, can you slowly say the law firm's name and the phone number, please? I am aware I talk very quickly sometimes. heggy Walkner Law Firm. heggy is spelled H-E-G-G-I-E. You go to com, And the phone number is 847 847- 2727360 I'll say that again 8472727360 And uh, text her. I'll just text it directly to you as well. (laughs) So you have it right there. Um, We're going to take another break here. And, Kate, thank you for the phone call. Um, War with Corinne Heggie. We've got more uh, lines open as well. A couple other callers ready to go. We'll do all that next on Let's Get Legal. Okay. Had a couple questions here. This is Let's Get Legal powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. Corinne Heggie from Heggie Walkner Law Firm. Uh, People questioning about, does Cook County give you your deeds or how does this work? I went to Cook County Clerk... IL.gov. And actually, I just Googled, like, Cook County, find your deed. It brought me to this page. There literally is a whole page about how to check your deed, how to locate it, the portal to use. It was actually pretty simple to look through. Um, That might get you the answer you need. Maybe a county might charge you for the fee. Best thing is to call the recorders of deeds or the recorder or the Cook County clerk. Someone will help you out no matter which county you (laughs) live in they'll find a way to help you out. It may just cost you a couple bucks, right?
1: I, I agree. And I, I want to echo what you just said, John, that for Cook County residents or Cook County real estate property owners, don't overlook the website because it is, it is pretty black and white in terms of the steps to follow and you can get a lot accomplished there.
0: Mm-hmm. This is from the, seven, oh, the 708. I'm only 59 years old. My family dynamics are, well, Dramatic. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I have a trust called blank trust, and all of my financial accounts and assets are in blank trust. I did that in 2016. If my primary and secondary beneficiaries have passed, it goes to various charities by percentage as outlined in my trust. One thing you gain with the trust, which may be a little more expensive than other things, is a sense of peace. I know exactly where my assets and finances will go. The worries of what if X, Y, Z contests it? Answer, they can't. Interesting thought from the 708,
1: huh? Yeah, I love that thought, 708, and I think you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, there's a lot of preparation people have to do. It's not a lot. You've got to think about those three questions, remember that, get a handle on the property, you own how you own it and who you want to have it when you're no longer living. And then you've got to spend some time reviewing these documents, maybe talking to a lawyer to make sure they read the way you want them to. But when it's done, peace of mind is a great way to express how most everyone feels when they've come out on the other side of doing some estate planning.
0: Amen to that. Well said to the uh, 708 and to you, Corinne, as well. Let's go to Deborah on line one. Hey, Deborah, how are you doing this afternoon? Okay. You okay?
5: I have a, yeah, I have a question, though. Okay. Um, I set up a will Um, shortly after my husband died about eight years ago.
0: Oh, sorry about that.
5: And uh, named my um, executor as my brother. Okay. Well, it's turned out that he now has dementia.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
5: And... I've tried reaching out to the lawyer who wrote up the will and he's not answering his phone anymore. Oh. Maybe he's retired. So what do I do? I mean, I, I did set up a second executor when we wrote up the will.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Corinne, why don't you so, dive into that one? Yeah, we'll get an answer here for you, Deborah.
1: Okay, Deborah. Well, okay, thank, thank you. you for sharing your question because... Every question's a good question. So, Deborah, if you're comfortable with your backup or your second executor named in your will, you're set. You don't have to do anything. Why? Okay. Because if your first executor is uh, taken out of the lineup because of his met- medical condition. Right. Then we go right on down the batting order.
0: Does Deborah have to say, though, like we're taking this this one out or or will it naturally work itself out? Because the person unfortunately has dementia. Could there be something weird that happens there if she doesn't formally take him
1: out? You know, there is some element of chance to not, you know, removing or taking your brother out of the lineup. But I don't want you to think of it as a hair on fire situation. We'd be happy to help you, or any lawyer that you know, if you're in, in close to you. You know, you can sign a an amendment and and move the second batter into first position. You know, top of the batting order, and add another backup.
0: Okay, Deborah. So not a hair on fire situation.
1: Does it have to be notarized? And, and the amendments have to be notarized. It, it will need two witnesses who attest to the okay. fact that you knew what you were doing when you signed your will and saw you sign it.
0: That sound good, Deborah?
1: Yeah, because like the family's
5: kind of arguing uh, yeah. you know, about it, it's going to hurt my brother's feelings if he's taken out of the will. Uh,
0: and it's complex you know. i i i understand deborah tell you what i think you should maybe just call corinne on monday 847-272-7360 just to chat with john and corinne a little bit through it maybe get into more specifics that way you can get that peace of mind but i feel like corinne tell me if i'm wrong but like good on deborah to have this to be thinking about this is important stuff and a lot of people would just say well, whatever happens happens no deborah's taking action
1: yeah deborah you've got the eye on the ball and for that you should be lauded okay I mean, I just
5: you know the dementia diagnosis has you know just come out of the blue.
0: Yeah, and I'm in sorry the about that. Last couple of years. Uh, yeah, it's- and. It's difficult, Deborah, uh, not only emotionally, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm glad you're thinking about that stuff. Call Corinne or call a lawyer. I know the other or your one lawyer is not on the phone. And that's a great point. Let's say someone retired, a lawyer retired. I had a trust or I have a will. My lawyer is no longer there to answer questions. I imagine you guys would be happy to pick up the ball there.
1: Absolutely, we're a resource for you.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and that's for anyone eight four seven two seven two seven three six zero. Sharon's got an interesting question. Hey, Sharon, how you doing? Hi. How was your day going? Um, What's your question for Corinne?
5: My day is going good. Good. My question is, my trust was originally created in Illinois, but I have since moved to Florida, and the trust needs to be updated for a number of reasons. Can I have the updates made in Illinois, or do I need a new trust
1: or updates done in Florida?
0: Good question. What do you think, Corinne?
1: That's a great question. So if you're a Florida Mm -hmm. resident... Playing Florida taxes? hmm <laughs> You need a Florida lawyer. Okay. You don't See have it. to start from scratch, though. I mean, what I'd like you to do or energize you to do is bring a copy of your trust and any amendments or changes to your trust and get it to a Florida lawyer to put eyes on because there are laws in Florida that you may be able to avail yourself of Or on the flip side, there might be laws in Florida you need to plan around, and an Illinois-licensed lawyer might not be able to know those nuances.
0: So you just want to get someone eyes locally who knows the state laws just to check it out, but you're not starting from scratch here, and you're just bringing those documents to a lawyer and saying, we good here? Something like that. That sound good?
5: Yeah, and I need a lot of
0: updates made to it, because my husband has since passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry Sorry to to hear hear that. that. Um, but uh, thanks, Thank for, you. thanks for listening in Florida, Sharon. You you on the app or on the website?
5: On the app. Ah. Well, actually both. I've got the, the website up on Alexa right now.
0: Ah, we love it. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks for listening, okay? All right. Thank you. We have a lot of Florida listeners, <laughs> people that moved away and brought us with them. And we always appreciate that. WGN, wherever you go. Exactly. All right. Uh, well, so many questions on this text line. I'll try and piece through them uh, here during the news and, and, and give you some more uh, opportunities to reach out to Corinne. But just that we've got about a minute left, Corinne. Overall, who should be reaching out to you and John over at Heggie Walkner Law Firm?
1: We'd love to hear from people who are like Sharon. You've got to take out your trust and put some fresh eyes on them. People who want to start the process, we can help you do that.
0: Okay, and they want and the best way is to call you guys, right?
1: Yeah, 847-272-7360 or you can find us online at Heggie Law H E G G I E L A W. Dot com
0: all right call on uh, monday morning or tuesday because i feel like you're getting a lot of monday calls but the earlier the better and if this is you and you've thought oh i don't have this done yet i've been meaning to do it maybe it's your new year's resolution maybe you've never even thought that i needed this maybe you're younger and you think oh I don't know, i'll put this off peace of mind knowing that everything can be set and it's a phone call away 847-272-7360 law tell john i said hello corinne okay i
1: will do that john i will